Hey, Assembly family. I am so excited that you decided to worship with us on today. Let me get you to do a few things. Number one, fill out that connect card, whether it's your first time or you watch with us every week. Number two, go ahead and hit that share button. Go ahead and like so you'll know when we're on the air and so you'll know how to interact with us. And number three, go ahead and start typing in those comments. As things pop and drop in your spirit, go ahead and type in. We want to interact with you. And let's go ahead and go into service and worship the Lord our God. Hey, Assembly family, we're so excited that you chose to join us for worship this morning. If you're with us every week, or if this is your first time ever joining us for online worship, we are so excited to have you here. Would you take just a moment and fill out the Connect card that our online service host has dropped in the chat? We like to make giving incredibly easy here at the Assembly. You have three ways to give. You can give online at theassemblyflorence.org. You can navigate to the top right-hand corner if you're on a desktop and click on the Give Now button. If you're on a mobile device, tablet, or smartphone, you can click on the three lines for the menu, click the Give Now button. Both of those Give Now buttons are going to navigate you to our online giving platform. You can also give via text message. If you text the number 77977 with a message that says S. C assembly give all one word you'll receive a link to our online giving platform you can also give via mail by mailing either a check or money order to the assembly 2925 west palmetto street florence south carolina 29501 again thank you for giving to the assembly thank you for joining us and we hope that the rest of this service blesses and encourages you Hey, Assembly family, I want to take just a quick moment to invite you to be a part of an exciting new time here at the Assembly. Our broadcast ministry is exploding. We are online on Facebook and YouTube every week on Sunday, and we are on Facebook every Wednesday. We want to invite you to join our team and join this ministry of the Assembly. We're looking for production directors. We're looking for camera operators, we're looking for lyric presenters, and we're looking for online chat hosts. These are all areas that we can train you and teach you every aspect of the job. You do not need any prior experience. So if you're interested in any of these opportunities, please send an email to info at theassemblyflorence.org. Again, that is info at theassemblyflorence.org. We look forward to having you partner with this ministry to reach thousands of people every week for the kingdom of God. Thank you and God bless. Welcome, Assembly family. I'm Minister Daniel, the Minister of Outreach right here at the Assembly. And I'd like to introduce you to our brand new local mission right here at the church, Joseph Taylor. The mission of Joseph Table is to aid the homeless and poor by providing for their spiritual and physical needs through the love of Jesus Christ. Isn't that exciting? For the Word of God says it's more blessed to give than receive. And you can fulfill the Word of God by donating to Joseph Table in our donation baskets, which you will see at the entrance to the church. On each one of those baskets, there's a list of items that's donatable to Joseph's table. When you go out shopping, grab one of these lists in order that you can fulfill the word of God in someone else's life. 
Something else that we've just recently done, we've actually attended the National Day of Prayer in Timothyville where two souls were saved directly through our ministry. And we've also given to the House of Hope and Resurrection Restitution Center for the Homeless. What does the future look like for this ministry? The future looks great. We're in the process of purchasing a donation bin, which we're going to put in the parking lot right here at the church, which will accept shoes and clothes, as well as we're going to start our sneaker fundraiser. And we want to expand the ministry in the future so that we can aid others, especially during the holidays, provide for those during Christmas and Thanksgiving, as well as throughout the year. Another thing that we've done, we actually have a bin in our Wallace, South Carolina area, and all of those proceeds will go to the ministry. And the most exciting part is at Resurrection Restitution Center for the Homeless, we're in the process of doing a winter garden where all of those foods grown will be used to help those at the shelter as well as those in the community. I don't have time to explain everything about the ministry, but if you're interested in finding out more, please visit us on the web at josephtableministries.com or via Facebook at Joseph Table Charity. And if you desire to get bountifully into this ministry, follow the prompts on the screen and it will lead you to our donation page. Look, I want to leave you with this. The word of God says that you are blessed to give and receive. And if you desire for your abundance to overflow into the lives of others, this is the year. And I promise your life will never be the same. Be blessed. So here it is. I'm going to set the table and try to give you what God has given me today. This is somewhat tough for me because of the content. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. If you would, we will use as our text 1st Chronicles chapter 28 verses 1 through 8. We will expand and add to this but we're going to lay some groundwork that will cause you to grow I believe because it has caused me to grow. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. David summoned all the officials of Israel to assemble at Jerusalem, the officers over the tribes, the commanders of the divisions in the service of the king, the commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds, and the office officials in charge of all the property and livestock belonging to the king and his sons.
together with the palace officials, the warriors, and the brave fighting men. King David rose to his feet and said, listen to me, my fellow Israelites, my people, I had it in my heart to build a house as a place of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord, for the footstool of our God, and I made plans to build it. But God said to me, you are not to build a house for my name because you are a warrior and have shed blood. Yet the Lord God of Israel chose me from my whole family to be king over Israel forever. He chose Judah as leader, and from the tribe of Judah, he chose my family, and from my father's sons, he was pleased to make me king over Israel. Of all my sons, and the Lord has giver, given me many he has chosen my son Solomon to sit on the throne of the kingdom of the Lord over Israel. He said to me, Solomon, your son is the one who will build my house and my courts, for I have chosen him to be my son and I will be his father. I will establish his throne forever. If he is unswerving in carrying out my commands and laws, as is being done at this, at this time. So now I charge you in the sight of Israel and of the assembly of the Lord and in the hearing of our God, be careful to follow the commands of the Lord, your God, that you may possess, that you may possess this good land and the pass and pass it on as an inheritance to your descendants forever. God's word is blessed. Father, we thank you for everything that you're going to do in the next few minutes. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have followed me recently and you were in church uh, for several weeks ago when we did our reset uh, meeting, you would have heard me share what my vision is, what I believe God has given me as vision for our church. There were five things that uh, I believe God gave me that I gave to you. 
The first was that we would be not only a welcoming church, but we will move from being a welcoming church to an embracing church. That when people come into our church, they don't just feel welcome, they feel propelled to come again. And when they get here a second time, they feel love. If they just felt kindness the first time as a visitor, the second time they feel the love of God. My hope is that they feel that the first time. But I said that the vision that God gave me was for a church that embraces anyone coming in with the agape love of God. Number two, that we would physically invest in our community, that we will not just give lip service to the message of Christ, but that we would invest, put our hard-earned dollars into places of need in our community. And we have always been doing that, consistent givers to the manor house, consistent givers to uh, the PD shelters, consistent givers to uh, at least one other organization of help in the community. But a very large portion of our missions giving has been to either persons or families or entities outside of our immediate community. And we made a decision not to so much cut back on our international giving, uh, international and national giving, but to double down and make room and space for local commitments to give and help, to invest in our community outreach. So right on the heels of our meeting, we launched uh, Joseph Stable, headed by Minister Daniel. And uh, for those who don't know, uh, am I correct that the 17th next Saturday? Next Saturday. This is massive. We are doing our annual hope, with God's help, right, Minister Daniel? Our annual back-to-school bash. God has helped us so that I think already we have been able to obtain, oh, what, about 200 book bags. They're not $3 rinky-dink things. Your children will love them. We're going to put books and pencils and all kinds of stuff in there. And then Minister Daniel told me that God has been blessing so much that we've had sponsors who will be giving us access to things we will have a drawing for. We're not going to have a bingo. We're going to have a drawing. And uh, these are things that uh, you've got to come to know. You've got to be here. If you have not signed up to help, you're a part of us and you're online and you're listening, please, this is an, a plug in the middle of my message for next Saturday. You need to be here next Saturday, starting at what time? 
at 5.30 p.m., which means that the go-getters, the helpers, those that are here to do God's work will get here about an hour before so that we can welcome those that are coming from the surrounding areas. We're going to give hot dogs and we're going to have rides and all this other stuff, but the main focus will be the outreach through the back-to-school bash. I said, number three, that uh, my longing as a pastor was to lead a church that is uh, committed to kingdom giving. Committed to kingdom giving. What do I mean? Well, the only example I could come up with that would be truthful would be to tell you that looking back over the last five years at least, over the last five years at least, and I'm sure Pastor Ron will have the same story. And there are many persons in our church that God has been blowing the socks off of their finances, blowing the socks off of their, their uh, spiritual and e even uh, educational growth just because they have not focused themselves on making sure God gets his 10%. When I give, I want to make sure that it's not under 10%. But in doing that, I have managed to average about 28% of my personal income in giving, both to, in tithing, offering, and seed sowing over the last five years. And in the last five years, I bought house, I bought car, I Everything that I couldn't do when I was really making a bunch of money, I'm suddenly being able to do it because God has taken the 75% or the 72% of the income that is already his, that he's allowed me to use, and has multiplied it to 110%, and has multiplied it 120%, and has multiplied it 120 50% in, in, in some years. And so I am, I am longing not to have one or two members in our church be committed kingdom givers, but to have a culture of kingdom givers. People who understand that you cannot beat God's giving. 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 Beat God's giving. I'm telling you, I, oh, I'm going to, we're not going to beat that horse anymore, but I'm telling you, the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the pudding. I talked about uh, two others in the vision that God has given me, and that is that we would be a church that is committed, committed to continually growing each other in the knowledge and application of the word of God. This is not going to be a church that just hoops and hollers. This God did not create us. I'm not bashing any other hoop and holler. God's got purpose for everybody. But this church has a vision that if you come here long enough, you will be able to stand toe to toe 
with anyone in a white shirt that comes by the house. You will be comfortable giving them a cup of iced tea and then scaring them off with the amount of word you got in you. They either accept Jesus as Savior and Lord or they leave. But you won't have to push them out. Because you are grounded in the word, you've been applying the word of God, you have been growing in the word of God, and you have been maturing. We are not doing our job if you are not growing to the place where you can defend yourself. And number five, to be able to continuously fan the flames of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit of God in our services and in your home. Let me say that again. That I am longing to hear stories over and over again of you or your family or somebody praying and the glory of God coming down in your home and catching a fire and no sinful aggression was able to grow. Because the glory of God has been fanned in your life. But as I've gone through that, there's been a direction or a directive that God kind of hit me with. Now we're going into sermon. Been talking about church vision and how God has given me these five things about the vision of our church. But then in the last couple of weeks, God has started to really pull on me about my own inner vision. My own inner vision. What am I seeing when I look at myself and look at my call and look at my purpose and look at my destiny through senses seven and eight given only by God? And that is the sense of vision and the sense of discernment, the spirit of discernment. So you could see things that other people don't see. And you feel things that other people didn't feel. You know when the atmosphere is charged with the glory of God or when it's charged with some other kind of spirit. And you can sniff them out. Going along that track, I think today I would like to call our message what do we do when God's purpose and our sincere desires don't line up? When God's purpose and our sincere desires don't line up. Look with me very quickly uh, at uh, 1 Samuel 16, 10 through 12. First Samuel, we're going to move faster as we move along. 11.53, my gosh. Jesse had seven sons. 
passed before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all your sons? They're still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep, Samuel said. Send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought before him. He was glowing with health. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. This is the one. So we have here, first of all, the background to this is Saul was chosen first as king. Saul messes up two different times and God says the kingdom is taken from you. While he's still sitting as king, God sends uh, the prophet Nathan to anoint the new king. Nathan goes to the most prominent person that the new king could come from, that family, and he thinks it's maybe this one or that one, and he goes through all of these strapping, sturdy, tall young men that are all brothers, and God kept saying, no, 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 no. And he gets to the answer, is there another? And he said, oh, we've got a little one. He's a little short. He's a little scrawny. He's uh, tending the sheep. And Jesse, the prophet said, bring him. They look over him and God said, that's the one. He's anointed king. Go to 1 Samuel 16, verse 14. I'm just going to read the first one. Or the first uh, 14 and 15 maybe. Now the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul. And an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Next. Saul's attendant said to him, see, I an evil spirit from God or an evil spirit that God is allowing because of your own disobedience is tormenting you. Next. Let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the lyre or the harp. He will play when the evil spirit that comes, I don't like using it from God, because this is not God, God doesn't send evil. He will allow or release. Can't have good and bad water coming from the same faucet. So don't misunderstand what is being said here. God just has to step back and evil comes forward. He didn't, he didn't stand where he was and just send evil. Saul disobeyed, God steps back, you don't want none of me? Fine. And the minute God does that, evil comes in. Right? Said he will play. And the evil on you, and you will feel better. He will play, and the evil that is on you will be better. Good paraphrase there for you. Next. So Saul said to his attendant, find someone who plays well, and bring him to me. Next. One of the servants answered, I have seen, listen to this, I have seen the son of Jesse, 
of Bethlehem who knows how to play the lyre. He is a brave man and a warrior. He's a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is fine looking. A fine looking man and the Lord is with him. Okay, we could stop there. Go over. You need to write this down so you can go back because it looks like today we're going to only be able to set up everything for the next service. 1 Samuel 17, verses 34. 1 Samuel 17, verses 34. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep when a lion and a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock. I went after it, struck it, and rescued it, the sheep from the mouth, from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by the hair and struck it and kill it, killed it. Your servant has killed both a lion and a bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The reason I read all three of these was to show you a little bit of the transition. That, that David is the youngest of his group, of his family. He's tending sheep. But even in the act of tending, God had his hand on him. While he's tending sheep, God is perfecting the purpose and the destiny God has for him in the way of defending himself and others. When I read this story again, for some reason, because David had killed Goliath with a sling, there was something in my head that kept saying, he must have used the sling to kill the lion and the bear. But every translation I read is pointing me to the fact that God was also building his scrawny self up so that with the power and the anointing and the glory of God on him, he performed in the same way Samson did. Did you ever notice that before? That in his short, scrawny, non-athletic self, a lion came, a bear came, and he physically struck them down and killed them. Hmm. Well, 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 well. I want you to see this. Just after that event where he is able to use that skill, that, that development of destiny's program that God was maturing in him in the, in the way of, of, of being bigger than his physical self and also coming against Goliath later with a sling that he could kill the adversary close up or far away. Right after he beats Goliath, 
The whole of Israel starts to say, Saul has killed his thousands, but David is ten thousands. And it, 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 it created a spirit of envy and murder. That is, what, that is the spirit that plagued Saul, that tormented him. Because when God sent direction to connect with David as a harp player that was anointed, every time he played the harp in Saul's presence, that spirit of anger and jealousy calmed right down. But there was another instance where before he could calm down, he peeked out by sending his javelin in David's direction and almost hitting David. I am giving you this info because I want you to see something. Remember what our, our topic is. Remember what our topic is. What do I do? What do I do when God's purpose and my sincere desire does not line up? On one hand, we've got him as a mighty warrior. And then on the other hand, he's developing as a worshiper. To the point where when we look at the Bible and we, we hear the word worshiper, who do we think about? David. The book of Psalms filled with such language about worship that we have not seen in any other part of the Bible. It has bothered me because God's purpose for David, God's destiny for David was that he would eventually become king and lead Israel through their enemies, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Hivites, the, the uh, Amalekites, all of the Ites. On the David's leadership, he was able to clear the way for them to get in and enjoy the promised land. At a certain point, when all of the enemies were taken care of, David comes into a place of rest. He don't have to go out and fight no more. And it is at that time that he goes to God, he goes to God, and your assignment is to read this. He goes to God in 2 Samuel chapter 7, and he starts talking to God about the fact that as a nation, they have not had a place for God's glory to reside permanently. He's been in the Ark of the Covenant, and as they move from place to place, they would put up a tent and put the Ark onto that, called the Tent of Meetings. And now that he's coming to rest, he has fulfilled his purpose. He has become the warrior that God had planned from the very time of his sheep tending. It hit me very almost sadly in the beginning that this guy 
had a purpose given to him by God to war against God's enemies. And then when they've come to a place of rest, his mind says, I've done what God wanted me to do with purpose. Now, I could talk to God about what I'm really about because I am a worshiper at heart. And there is no doubt about that because we see it in the book of Psalms. His conversation with God goes, I have done everything you told me to do. I would like to build you a house. Remember we read that in the beginning? I want to build you a house. You have been moving in all these different places that are not permanent. And now that I have done what you commissioned me to do, what you made me to do, what you, you purposed for me to do, I think I'm in a good position to say to you, I'd like to do what my heart wants to do. Because I'm a worshiper, I would love the opportunity to build the house for you. And you know what God says? No. You will not be allowed to build a house for me. I'm going to let your son build it. And the reason I'm not going to let you build it, build it is because your hands are full of blood. Okay, listen to, listen to him paraphrasing what God tells him in Chronicles, right? We read that as our text. Look at uh, 2 Samuel 7, verses 18. I know we're going over, but this you got to get this morning. Everyone that's listening to us, you got to get this. Then David answered, David went in and said, said before the Lord, and he said, Who am I, sovereign Lord, and what is my family that you have brought me this far? Let's keep going. And as if this were not enough, in your sight, sovereign Lord, you have also spoken about the future of the house of my servant and decreed, sovereign Lord, is for a mere human. What more can David say to you? For you know your servant, sovereign Lord. He's trying to get God, butter God up right now. He's got, got to get, get him primed up for the question. For the sake of your word, oh my goodness, and according to your will, you have done this great thing and made I know to your and made me known to your servants. How great you are, sovereign Lord. There is no one like you, and there is no God but you. As we have heard with our own ears. And who is like your people Israel? The one nation on earth. The God went out and redeemed as his people for himself. And to make his name for him, a name for him, and to perform great and awesome wonders by driving out the nations and their gods from before the people whom you redeem from Egypt. He's priming God up now. You see that? 
You've established your people Israel as your very own forever. And you, Lord, have become their God. And now, Lord, keep forever the promise you have made concerning your servant and his house. Do as you promised so that your name will be great forever. The people will say the Lord Almighty is God over Israel and the house of your servant David will be established in your sight. The Lord Almighty, God of Israel, you have revealed this to your servant saying, I will build, I will build a house for you so your servant has found courage to pray for this prayer to you. Sovereign Lord, you are God. Your covenant is trustworthy and you have promised these good things to your servant. Now be pleased to bless the house of your servant, but it may continue forever. Sovereign Lord, have spoken, and with your blessing, the house of your servant will be blessed forever. All of this is David's attitude. After God tells him, you're not going to build a house. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, that is a Second Samuel. As a matter of fact, in chapter seven of Second Samuel, God tells. Spoke, speaks to Nathan in the previous verse, in like 13, 14, 15, and says to Nathan the prophet, I am not going to use David as the person to build my house. Go tell him that. And so Nathan goes to him in verses 17. We read from verses 18, and Nathan said, Nathan reported to David all the word of the Lord, the entire revelation. And then the king went out after he hears what God's reply is. He goes out and he sits before God and he tells God these things. I've been your servant. I've done what you told me to do. I have, I have been instrumental in cleaning every, every, every enemy of ours out of the way. But I never heard him mad with God. He just keeps asking questions. He apparently wants to know why. But once he understands that this is a God thing, God said, I got hands of war. I know I got a heart for worship. God spoke. It left me stuck. And I'm going to end on, on, on three points really quickly. I know we're gone over. Don't normally do this, but you got to get this. I cannot end without giving you this. So I said, the first thing is, God will position you for purpose. When God is positioning you for purpose, purpose nets influence or leadership. This is a mile marker. You know that God is positioning you for purpose because when God is positioning you for purpose, it nets influence 
or leadership. God was positioning David for a purpose. His purpose began as a shepherd. His purpose began with fighting a, uh, a lion and a bear. He thought his purpose was to be the person who would build a house for God eventually. And that's what I thought myself. But then I came to something else. Number two. Sometimes God will use his purpose for you to bring someone else into destiny. Sometimes God's going to use his purpose in your life to bring somebody else into their destiny. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? God used David to bring Israel into destiny. But he was thinking that this was his destiny. That his destiny would net him being the one to build the temple. But that's not what God's plan was. God's plan was that, that his purpose for David was to bring Israel into their destiny. What do you do? When God is using you to bring somebody else into their good place. What are you going to do this morning? If you are part of this church, you need to know that there's, because of the prayer that we've been putting in, because of the press, because of the consecration, you will begin to see people around you in this congregation and around our congregation exploding with God's favor. The fact that God is blessing uh, Deacon Allen does not mean that God has passed over me. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and tell them, God has not passed over me. God has not passed over me. God has not passed over me. So there's no comparison between what God is doing over here and what God is doing over there. There's no need for me to get upset over here because he's blessing you because I understand if I keep the press on, God's going to eventually come my way and I'm going to be blessed myself. And when he blesses me, I want people cheering me on. I don't want people hating on me like I've been hating on you. Sometimes God will use his purpose for you to bring somebody else into their destiny. And when he does that, you're going to have to have an attitude like David did. And just say, okay, Lord, you are worthy to be praised. You are worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Our God lives. You are still great and greatly to be praised. And you don't, you can't just do it with your lips. You got to do it with your heart. You have got to be genuinely happy joyful for the blessing of somebody else, for the help that God gives to someone else, so that your blessing and your help can be activated. If you don't do it with the right heart, if it's just lip service, if it's just words, you will be under the curse of your own attitude. Oh, my Lord Jesus. In 
nobody trying to do nothing bad to you. Nobody trying to work roots on you. Nobody trying to send some witchcraft your way. You were given lip service. When God is asking for heart service, you were giving brain service. When God is asking for supernatural in involvement of your complete spiritual self in the process. Sometimes gone. Number three. And this is the one, this is where it clicked for me. Being a worshiper is not an option. It's an opportunity. So all along, minister, I was looking at him being a worshiper on one side and God preparing him as a warrior on the other side. And I was looking at, at either or why, why God can't, can't bless him for being a worshiper uh, after he completed his work as a warrior, right? But then he started to bring verses like Psalms 34 to me. Psalms 34, one, two, three. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in you, Lord. The humble shall hear of you and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. He goes on to say, I sought the Lord and he heard me and brought me out. What about 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18? Paul speaking. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. That's why he wasn't upset with God. He wasn't upset with God because at some point he suddenly understood that worshiping God is not something you barter with. Oh, my Lord Jesus. My worship is not a bartering tool. I don't, I don't have an option to say I'm going to increase my worship, uh, but, but I ask, if you bless me more, I, I'm going to increase my praise. I will shout louder and jump higher than anybody else, but I really need that car. At some point, David got it. This is my purpose. He made me to be a warrior. I got blood on my hands, but I'm in purpose. And the reason he's telling me I can't do this is not because he's hating on me. He's not even looking at the fact that I am a worshiper because that is who I'm supposed to be. God is not going to bargain with what you're supposed to be. <laughs> come on, guys. Come on. Come on. Come on. Somebody needs to be telling me amen here. God is not going to bargain with us over something that we are supposed to be. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God concerning me. I'm going to be a 
worship her whether whether purpose comes forward or purpose doesn't come forward. I'm going to be a worshiper whether destiny shows up or destiny waits on me. I'm going to be a worshiper whether I win something or I lose something. I'm going to say like Job, ah, naked I came and naked I'm going. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Shandala Bakayata. Oh, when you begin to understand that God made you for worship, everything God has for you is going to come out of worship. Everything God has for you will come out of worship. Every blessing God has for you will break open out of worship. You will worship God every time, all the time, anyway. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Now I understand why he wouldn't upset Pastor Ron. He can't be upset because he understands I'm a worshiper. Whether God brings me into purpose or not, I'm going to write the book of Psalms. I'm going to say, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. I'm going to say, like Psalms 121, I will lift up my eyes Unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. He will not suffer my foot to be moved. What do I do when God's purpose doesn't line up with my desire? I bless him. I bless him. I bless him. I worship him. I lift my hands up and I say, God, you give and you take away. Bless your name. Lord, you are everything to me. I'm nothing without you. Lord, I worship you. From the rising of the sun until the going down of the same, your name is to be praised. Lord Jesus, I wish my dad was here to hear me preach this message because I'm now beginning to understand what my pops knew many, many years ago when he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. The guy had a very even emotional scale. My dad never got rippled over anything. Now I'm beginning to understand. He understand that his worship was not a barter against his purpose. Oh, bless God. Oh, bless God. I'm going to run it up now. I know this is the longest we've gone in a while. Satan knows God's got his hand on you. Satan knows you're the real deal. Satan knows you're God's righteousness in the earth. Satan knows you are the apple of God's eye. Satan knows the purpose and legacy of God has the legacy and purpose God has for you will change generations. He knows that like David, the harder you fall, the stronger you will get back up. That's what he knows. That's what he knows. And he's scared of you, my child. He's scared of you, brother. He's, he's fearful that every time he trips you up, you're going to get back up and you're going to be more tenacious, more passionate, more forward thinking than you've ever been. Here's what God knows. 
You're not perfected yet, but you're perfectly his. You may not be perfected, but you're authentic. You sold out to the process. He knows you're not completely whole, but you're completely his. He knows all your outer imperfections. And he hears what people said about you. But that does not bother him one bit because while they are scrutinizing your outside, He's been monitoring your inside and saying, this is my child. This is my child. This is my child. Let you stand this morning. Oh, bless God. We're not going to do anything else. We're not going to prolong it. Would you stand with me and just start speaking to him? I'm God's child. I'm God's child this morning. I'm God's child. I'm God's child. I'm special. I mean, speak it. Speak the faith. I am God's child. I am special. I am the apple of his eye. I'm the iris of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. He has plans for me that the adversary can't take away. God it's going to break through in my life. I'm going to see victory yet. I'm going to see breakout yet. I'm going to see my family change yet. I'm going to see things turn around yet. Because God is for me. Oh, yes, Lord. 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 What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do when purpose and destiny does not connect to my sincere desires? I worship. I bow in humility. And I say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I will not forget your benefits. Ah, my faith is not built on what you're going to do tomorrow. My faith is built on what you already done. My faith is built on what you already done. My faith is already built. My faith is growing on what you did for me. Your, my faith is growing on what you already done for me. I don't have to expect anything else. If you're online with us, we've gone over a few, but this is important. You need to know God is calling your name right now. You need to know that God wants you to become part of his family, that God wants you as his child, his, his cherished possession. He calls you a, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, a chosen generation. He's given words to describe you that the adversary hates. He screams and puts fingers in his ear every time he sees God and hears God say, that's my chosen child. That's my royal priesthood right there. That's my chosen generation right there. You will not be able to destroy them. You may touch them, but you can't destroy them. You may mess with them, but you can't knock them over. You can't do all these things, but that's, 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 and that's, and that's, you can't do because you're his child you're his child father this morning lift your hand with me fire 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 I release fire I release fire I release fire I release fire Love fire, Holy Ghost fire, wonder working fire, oh transformation of fire, oh yeah.
Let the glory of God come down this morning. Hallelujah. If you are here this morning and you are not saved or you need to rededicate your life, say this prayer with me. Those of you who are in the kingdom, help them by saying it with me. Dear Father, Jesus, I come this morning like the leper, full of my sins, full of my scars, full of my bruises and bumps, full of my warts and my pus-filled behavior. I'm asking you to forgive me, Lord. Wash me of my sin. Cleanse me of unrighteousness. Bring me into the fold of your family that I may be called your child. Dear Father, wash me with hyssop that I may be clean. I repent of everything that I've done to hurt you and I now submit myself to your will and your way. Let your blood wash over me and bring me into newness of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God a hand. Give God a hand. Hallelujah. We ask that your peace, your glory, your presence, your anointing will continue to lavish itself over your people. Father, again, as you have instructed, I activate into the atmosphere of the assembly and every person that is listening online. I activate not just salvation in their lives, but I activate senses seven and eight. Vision that allows them to see things that other folks can't see. And the spirit of discernment that allows them to feel what other folks can't feel. So that their path will be straight. So that their way will be made plain. So that your light will shine straight ahead and keep them on the straight and narrow. Father, as we leave this place, we're not leaving your presence. We're taking you with us. Bless the rest of our day. Cover us this week. Bring us back for Power Up and Wednesday Bible Study. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. Remember, if you want to help on Saturday, please, please contact Minister Daniel before you go. If you are here for the first time or the second time and you would like to be a member of our church, please see Sister Jefferson right here to your right. And she will get some information quickly and then set you up for class uh, in the coming weeks. God bless you. God bless you. 
Giving is one of our greatest tools in worship. Would you give with us on today in your worship? You can give online at theassemblyflawrence.org. Navigate to the top right corner. If you're on a desktop, click the Give Now button. If you're on a mobile device, tablet, smartphone, click the three horizontal lines in the top right corner of the screen and click the Give Now button. Both of those Give Now buttons will take you to our online giving platform. You can also text to give by texting the number 77977 that says SC Assembly Give, and that's all one word. You'll receive step-by-step -step instructions on how to give via text. Lastly, you can give by mailing in check or money order to The Assembly at 2925 West Palmetto Street, Florence, South Carolina, 29501. Help us to advance the kingdom of God all around the world.